0: You are listening to HabsCast. Thank you for tuning in wherever you get your on-demand audio. Again, thank you for listening. Before I get started, I first want to dedicate this episode to a former co-worker friend of mine who seconds before I was set to press record, I found out had passed away due to a head-on collision in Augusta. So, this show's dedicated to my friend Woody Gill. And I don't know about you, but um, I kind of don't like to be told things over and over again that I know, or rather, you know, because I felt like I wanted to say, you know, life is short, you know, it's precious. But uh, how many more examples do we need? Seriously. You know, especially in this time of covid I mean, kind of goes without saying, cherish every moment. So, shout out to my girl Woody, and uh, we'll hold it down for you. So, switching gears here. Last show, I talked about my time in boot camp. So, I wanted to keep with that. Coast Guard theme and talk about my first duty station, which was Station Buffalo in good old Buffalo, New York. Oh man, there aren't enough adjectives. Uh, I, well, you know what, I'll skip that part. I mean, I've lived all over and one of the things I've learned from living and traveling is that no place is as bad as anybody will characterize it, and for a good long while, I had nothing good to say about Buffalo. As a matter of fact, I called it the armpit of America, cause it was musty. <laughs> that was the only way I could good describe Buffalo. was musty. But um, backing up a little bit, we got orders in boot camp, and my company commander was like, Richardson, you have two sets of orders. You have orders for a school, which was, you know, in layman's terms, or MOS, or specialty school, where I would go and get training. Or I could go and report as a seaman apprentice at Station Buffalo. And initially, the decision seemed pretty cut and dry. You know, do I go to California or do I go to Buffalo? Duh, there's no, no... No, no pressing decisions there, but there was a small caveat. My recruiter had gotten me a $3,000 enlistment bonus because my ASVAB score was so high. And I found out later that if I chose to go to a school in California, I would forfeit my three grand. So... Just like the other way when I was thinking in reverse that I was going to Cali and Buffalo didn't have a chance. Just that fast, it flipped. It's like, oh, Buffalo, here I come. I'll catch up to you in a couple of years, Cali. And it would be a couple of years eventually. But, you know, I was kind of figuring Buffalo wouldn't be so bad. And uh, what's funny about it after I got the orders, and you know, psychologically, mentally, I'm prepared to go to Buffalo. I got, I, you know, there's no backing out. But what's funny is how little my country ass knew about New York. <laughs> we had one of my shipmates who, who was a, her name was Bruni, and Bruni was a reservist who was actually from Buffalo, and. I remember getting my orders, and I went to talk to her, and I said, "Like, yo, how far is Madison Square Garden from Buffalo?" (laughs) Oh, I was only twenty-one. How was I? Didn't know that Buffalo was in Western New York. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. I was, you know, I thought I was going. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna be close to NYC. In the words of, uh, what's my man's name, Lee Corso, ah, not so fast, my friend, <laughs> but again, like I said, I was preparing, you know, there were going to be a lot of firsts here, you know, my first lone road trip, I'd driven, you know, maybe around North Carolina by myself or what have you, but from Winston-Salem, North Carolina to Buffalo is a long way. I'd never driven that long before. Uh, I'd never lived in another state. That was going to be another first. Never lived away from North Carolina or my family, you know. Um, I Also, that was, you know, 2000, year 2000. It was the very first time I had spent any of the major holidays away from my family. That was another first You know, another shocker. But after a while, I was, you know, I was just okay. I did miss my family. But again, this was something that I had signed up for. So, you know, hey, phone calls, whatever. Uh, But, oh, another first was the first time. Because, again, I didn't know how close Buffalo was to Canada. It would be my first time. Visiting a foreign country. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. There are Canadian stories. <laughs> but I packed up my vehicle and I made the haul. And I made it pretty safe. I do not remember, though, for the life of me, because we're talking 20 years. And the way technology just uh, mutates, it's, it's tough to keep up sometimes. But I honestly cannot remember for the life of me how i got there i don't know if i drove if i had a ma- i'm pretty sure i didn't have a map i probably printed the directions from map quest <laughs> probably had to print them out and follow them to it yeah that's probably how i got there you know but anyway thank you so much for listening i'm going to take a small little music break and come back and tell you about my first duty station at good old Station Buffalo. This is Habscast. Thanks for listening. That's have passed over. It ain't the I wanted it. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm not dumb looking at says. I'm smart. I'm my respect. done? Welcome back. Thanks for listening. This is Habscast. This is Habscast. Talking about my first duty station in the Coast Guard in good old Buffalo, New York. Oof, man, I'm telling you, what a shock. It was just, I don't know if you could, well, you can, I can, I will. The city of Buffalo, if it were a color, I would have had to call it gray. It was just gray all the time and the snow. Oh, don't get me started on the snow. But, you know, reported to my first duty station, and this was a small boat station on Lake Erie that, you know, went up the Niagara River around the Horn to Niagara Falls. And what we did here was search and rescue, you know, um, law enforcement, safety things, boating, boardings. And we did a lot of training, too. And, oh, we also did ice skiffs. That's where you... drag a a raggedy boat on top of the the lake that had frozen over and conduct drills. Oh, another first though. It was during one of the iced over periods where the lake was frozen over that I got my first glimpse or first came into the knowledge because before then I had no idea that ice fishing existed. It's like, boom. Culture shock, black dude. I'm like, what is happening? Turns out, They took or they take chainsaws and cut holes in the ice and freaking fish like (laughs) like summer days. Only they pitch tents and, you know, have little things outside. But they're just sitting right on the lake, right on the frozen lake ice fishing. I didn't ice fish. You know, I'm not much of a fisher, but I did We had what we called in the Coast Guard survival suits, and they were just super one-piece heavy like human condoms with a lot of zippers and inner chambers to keep you dry and unfrozen. So uh, on days that we were bored, and I say emphasize bored, because you had to be bored to do what I did or what we did, we take our chainsaws, you know, and by then the boats were out of the slip. You know, we had stored them in the boathouse, you know, for winter. And you could climb a ladder down the slip, and we would, we climb down and took our own chainsaw and cut blocks out of the ice. And when I say they were huge, man, they were just big old chunks of ice. It's like, man, I'd never seen anything like that before. So we cut the giant chunks out of the frozen ice in the water in the slip. And we put on our body condoms (laughs) and we jumped in the water, frozen. Yeah, we were bored, but um, call me crazy but there was something actually relaxing about submerging myself in that cold, cold water. That which, by the way, I did not know it was cold, because, like I said, the the design of the wetsuit bodysuit, whatever you call it, the design was such that it clung to your body the further down you went, so you know, other than my nose being exposed, I was not cold whatsoever, and again, honestly, like you, you can believe me or you cannot. Like my daddy used to say, uh, "Hear me now, believe me later. It was actually very relaxing. Yeah, you know, but just, you know, one of those experiences, a first and a only, because I don't foresee that happening again ever in life. You know, but it was cool. And uh, some of the guys that I served there with were really cool as well. I ended up moving actually into a house with about five of them when I first reported to the duty station, but I quickly learned that I wasn't going to make it there with them. Um, One of the guys that lived in the house and also worked with us, you know, he was a complete dick. (laughs) And I don't know if Nate, Nate, if you're listening to this podcast, what up Nate? One, first of all, and two, yeah, buddy. He's the reason I had to move out of that house because I probably would have been brought up on assault charges. He's just a chump. I remember my first reporting day, he tried to bully me or needle me or whatever, and he told one of the other guys to, like, kind of wrap me up or bully up on me, and his name was Breen. This was Breen. He sent Bream to come and get me. And before I know anything, I had Breen wrapped up in the comms room, like, about tied him in a pretzel. I was like, oh, this... Son of a bitch is going to be the guy. (laughs) He's going to be the one. He's going to try me. I know he is. But, you know, I ended up moving out of the house. That house actually was not that bad. It was just the environment. The house was actually a a couple of miles from the Bills stadium, which I never went to a Bills game, although I did meet Jim Kelly on my birthday at a TJI Friday's once. That was cool. But if I did not have to work on Sundays when they had Bills games, and I had to be at the house. Oh man, see, this was back in the days where I didn't cook. We were straight bachelor pad. So Sunday morning it's time for football and we got to order pizza. Only one problem. That close to the stadium, on a game day where people are tailgating, it would take an average of about two and a half, maybe three hours to get a pizza. You know, that's stunk. You know, but hey, it is what it is. Um, what else did we do? We worked two on, two off, sliding weekends, and that I don't my first time ever being subjected to that type of work schedule, you know, and those sliding weekends are cool. I mean, man, sliding weekends are cool. On the weekend you don't have to work. Eh. <laughs> Some of my favorite, like oh, on uh, on changeover days where we had to change duty. Man, after after quarters, if you were off heading to the weekend, you'd been there Wednesday and Thursday, woo, you made a beeline out of there. I am telling you. So uh thanks for listening. This is still Habscast. I'm talking about my time in good old Buffalo. And when I come back, I'll tell you why I got in trouble. (laughs) This is HabsCast. Welcome back to HabsCast. Before the break, I said I would tell you why or how I got in trouble at my first duty station in Buffalo, New York. And I missed, like I said earlier in this in, in this episode, I missed one of the major holidays. And that year was Thanksgiving, first Thanksgiving I missed. But we had a kick-ass Thanksgiving for, for oh, yeah, oh, uh, anywho. But Christmas was my designated time to go home because we could choose to stand Christmas duty or to stand Thanksgiving duty and i chose to stand thanksgiving duty and be able to go home and so this is 2000 and had I, I had probably not ever bought anything off the internet before and i mean i probably swore it off after what happened happened so i bought a ticket to go to north carolina i go to north carolina i spend time with my family we have a great christmas And my parents dropped me off at the airport. I get to the desk, and the lady's like, "There's no ticket for you here." I'm like, "Stop playing with me! I bought a ticket. Here, you know." The lady goes, "No." Problem was, I had bought a one-way ticket. Smart guy. (laughs) So, I did what any normal person would do. Who has to report for duty in two days. I freaked out, (laughs) I freaked out. I had no idea what to do. Um, I was afraid, scared. I I did not call my parents. I could not call my parents. As a matter of fact, I called. (laughs) I ended up calling my ex-girlfriend's sister. (laughs) Don't ask me why. But, you know, we like family. And she was like, where you at? You at the, you're the airport? I'm coming. I'll be right there. And so I ended up leaving the airport and going there and managing to secure myself a bus ticket to get back to Augusta where I was greeted with articles. <laughs> if you know what articles are, then, you know, it's, it's not a good deal. And... Looking back, mistakes were made, obviously. And uh, one of the biggest mistakes, though, and I don't know if you listened to the first episode, but perspective is my friend. It's my friend word. It's my word friend, perspective. When they were, we were finalizing rotations for duty for Thanksgiving, and my supervisor had asked me, you know, you're taking the Christmas off, right? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I already got my ticket. Well, that's where you went wrong, (laughs) Habert. Problem was, I did not then have my ticket. I bought it later that day, but when I said that to him, I had not bought my ticket. And that came back to bite me when they, filed the charges for unauthorized absence and false official statements because they were thorough, and they discovered, you know, he did not have a ticket when he said he had a ticket. And that was, you know, another part of just a stack to the charges that I had to face. And let me tell you, Captain's Mask was no fun. I had to dress up in my dress blues, and, you know, you can't have a cover inside so I had to take my dress cu- cover off and hold it in my right hand. Only problem was, there were three other dudes getting masted at the same time, and my case was last. So I held that doggone hat in my hand. I know at least still for an hour, and it's it. Oh God, it was it sucked so bad, you know, but. I really just wanted to get it over with. And, you know, once it was over with, they ended up giving me two weeks of extra military instruction and in confinement to the base. And extra military instruction should or could have just been called, you're going to paint every building on the damn base. or <laughs> in the station. I painted everything in our station at least twice. I was a painting fool. <laughs> Golly, i was a painting fool uh but you know it was an experience i learned from it 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 set my uh you know in the coast guard you get a an an, an award for good behavior every 2 years or 3 years or whatever but i was angry cuz you know having been brought up on charges it set my good conduct medal back <laughs> but i did eventually earn it but you know again just another learning experience. And I was ultimately better off because I ended up forming a relationship with one of the supervisors there who, and wherever you've worked and you've known, you've probably been that person probably hated that person, probably looked at the schedule and seen that person was going to be working. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to work. for them. And but that was Joey. Joey was the officer, always oh, the officer of the day, the BM2. And Joey could be a jerk. He was a salty old Irish dude from Cleveland with a salty old mustache and smoked Marlboro ultralights. But When I say after that captain's mass, he was my guy because what he showed me, what he did for me or to me or the way he conducted business, you know, was always matter-of-factly. You know, where you stood with Joey, he didn't bullshit you, he didn't beat around the bush, he gave it to you straight. And, you know, previously through my work experiences, I didn't really have supervisors like that. And so I was appreciative after the captain's mass because, once again, I never got in trouble again. And, you know, hey, you live and you learn. Like my man Joe Public, who remembers Joe Public. You got to live and learn. Go, go. (laughs) Before your bridges burn. (laughs) And I did. I lived and I learned. Oh, but anywho. Thanks, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Habscast. We'll be back with part two of Buffalo. Like, yeah, there's a part two, even though I didn't like it that much. There is, you know, there was much there that I got into. You know, things that are special to me that I still hold dearly, even though that place is still... Kinda, well, I haven't been back in a very long time. I'm not going to call it the armpit of America no more. <laughs> but you know where I'm coming from. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been... I, can, Be great. I, I can, I will I can, I will I can, I will yeah, I can do all things through he who strengthens me, and I will It's not a possibility, it's a certainty, like my mom giving birth to me, the power of the to me